Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. God will protect us from hurt. Let me say it like this. Sometimes God will not protect us from getting hurt. God will, and you say, why? Well, it's the same reason when the surgeon says to you, how many, well, let me ask you this question. How many of you ever had wisdom tooth, uh, wisdom teeth taken out? Okay. So how many of you remember the pain you experienced before the teeth came out? Okay. Let me tell you, when I was 18 years old, I was riding on the bus going to work, and I, I started to experience a, a pain on the right side of my head that even getting high, I didn't get rid of it. So it got so bad that a co-worker said, man, you need to go to the dentist, man. Your jaw is swelling. And I went to the dentist, and he said, oh, wisdom teeth. I didn't even know what he was talking about. No one ever told me about wisdom teeth. I didn't have any friends that had wisdom teeth removed. Really? I still have my tonsils. You got it? Still have my wisdom teeth. So I went into the and the doctor says to me, he says, I'm going to numb your jaw, and you're going to feel some pressure, but no pain. He says, you're going to hear the crumbling of the tooth in your mouth, but you won't feel it. He said, but afterwards, I'm going to give you a prescription. And here's why. He says, you're going to feel pain like you've never felt before. He said, have you ever broken a bone? I said, no. He said, good. You're going to feel pain like you've never felt before. I was thinking to myself, after he started crushing the tooth, I could feel it. I felt the pressure, but no pain. I think I could handle this. (laughs) Well, six hours later, when that thing wore off, I was a grown man, weeping, trying to call home to ask mom, what do I do? I was a, no, you don't get the picture. I was a thug, a crying thug with a big jaw. I hurt so bad. And so here's the thing that got me. They said, well, someone said, did they take them both out? I said, no. And they said, that's stupid. You have to go through it again. How many of you know I still got the other wisdom tooth? I still got it. And sometimes that's what pain does to you. You will go through something that you need to go through. It brought development, but you thought you'd never forgot the pain. And you said, I'll never go through that again. So there's things that you're holding on to that should be extracted from your life because you just don't want to. Yeah. So God will protect you from some uh, hurt, but there's some hurt that God will not protect you from. But the thing is, he won't let the hurt damage you. Can I show you this in scripture? Now, this, this, I want to show you this. Go in the scripture to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. I'm sure this is, what it is where it is. Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Uh, give me King James first. The Bible says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, these are the disciples. He sent them out um, on a ministry trip. And they returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Verse 18. Uh, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Okay? So it, for those of you who are wondering, when, when Satan led the rebellion in heaven, that's how long the fight was. 
He took a third of the angels and they followed him. They said they, they want to go and overthrow God's throne. And when Jesus gave the account of it, he said the, the whole battle lost. He said, he said it lasted like the flash of a lightning. He said he decided that he wanted to take over God's throne. Next thing you know, like, like a flash of lightning, he was in the earth. He was done in heaven. That's how the battle was over. Okay? Verse 19. He said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Behold, I give unto you power. Everybody say power. Yeah, huh? to, tread o- to tread on the serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, what's interesting, if you've ever heard me teach this, you understand that the two words of their power are not the same Greek word. Really, the way it reads is, behold, I give you ek- uh, exousia, to tread on serpents and, uh, and scorpions and over all the dunamis of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Translation, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the ability or the, uh, or the, uh, yeah, the ability of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God has given us authority over the enemy's ability. God has given us authority over all the enemy's ability, and he says, and if you pay attention to this, and you, and you believe this, and begin to walk in it, he says, nothing will ever hurt you. He didn't say you won't hurt. He said, nothing will hurt you. You got it? Now, here's what you need to understand. You're going to go through things that, that you're going to feel that they're crushing you. But after they're done, you look back and it's this, the Bible uses childbirth. Do you know, it's, uh, medically speaking, uh, the birth of a child, they said, is, is the most near-death experience a human can have without dying? It, it, it ranks, uh, let me ask you this question. Let me see what you know. Childbear, childbearing, childbearing is on the top 10 stressors list. How many of you know where it ranks? Who said two? Okay. Who said one? Any, any other votes? Three? Four? I'm not going to give you the answer. Google it. Here's what you're going to find. You're gonna, it's going to shock you. It's one of the most stressful experiences that anyone could go through, and all the men are right now blessing the Lord because our thing is, man, we, no, I'm telling you, man, I, I couldn't do it. I saw it happen. I can't do it. I, I God knew why he made me a man. I just couldn't do that. You got it? it? He says, nothing shall by any means hurt you. It's the same thing. When a woman gives birth to a child, the whole process looks painful. She looks miserable. Nine months. Have you ever seen a pregnant nine months? She just looks just super pregnant. Just She looks miserable. She's mad. She don't like nobody. She just, I mean, she rolls around. It's like, and you don't want to say anything because you don't know what to say. And she's saying things like, I'll never have another baby, you know, and she, she tell her kids, she look at her kids like, like they're, they're cursed. But when, the, when she gives birth to the child, she's holding the baby, and I've heard women say, when are we going to have another one? That's amnesia. She just said she'll never, but, but when, the, when she's delivered of the child, watch this now, she said the pain or the hurt was worth it. And God has built into that whole process the ability for a woman to forget the process and look at the person she gave birth to. There's some things that you go through. The Bible's, the, listen, there are things that will hurt you, but they won't damage you. Everybody say, I'm hurt, but I'm not damaged. Now, I want, this is important. It's important. 
to be hurt and not damaged. There's a story in Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27 and verse 9. I want to show you this real quickly. Um, Acts 27 and verse 9. Paul was being taken, I believe, to Jerusalem or, or, or to Rome. I believe this is his trip to Rome. And in this process, the, he, he was on a ship. And the Bible says, now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. He warned them in verse 10. Um, Verse 10, and said unto them, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with what? With hurt and, and much what? Damage, not of, of the lading, not, not of the, just the stuff on the ship and the, on the ship also, but also of our what? So Paul said, God showed me that this journey, this trip we're about to go on will be with, much, with, with, with hurt and much damage. He said, it's not just the stuff on the ship that's going to get hurt. It's not just the ship that's going to get hurt, and that, but our lives at stake too. Verse 11 says this, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Now, I want to I bring something out to you that's going to help you with this. This is interesting. Do you know that God was trying to stop Paul from going to Rome? God sent prophets to tell him. This signified the Holy Ghost. That the man, the one prophet Agabus, he was very demonstrative. Agabus came and he took his, his, um, his belt. Now, imagine the scene. Paul is standing there. And the prophet comes up to him, unlooses his belt, and snatches it off. Thank God his pants were the right size. And he holds the belt up and he says, The man to whom this belt belongs, thus saith the Holy Ghost. And he begins to prophesy that your trip is going to be with much danger. It wasn't the first time. God was sending prophets to Paul, telling him, Don't go. But Paul demanded, I want to preach the gospel in Rome. I want to go there and talk to, I want to talk to Caesar. It wasn't God, it was Paul. And sometimes we make up our mind that this is the way I want to have it, and God is going to be with you. He's going to stand by you. He's going to love you. But you may get hurt in the process. And interesting enough, the way the story ends, the ship was hurt and damaged. All of the lading, all of the stuff on the ship was hurt and damaged. It was lost. But God, uh, God sent an angel to speak to Paul and to reassure Paul and the people with him. Listen, you will be hurt. You'll be in the water for a minute, but you won't lose your life. Uh, they, they drifted to shore while they were sitting there. You know the story. A snake came and bit Paul when he was, when he was gathering wood to, start, wood to start a fire. He was hurt again, but not damaged. Everybody say hurt, but not damaged. What you need to believe God for is that if whatever in your life is hurting you right now is not damaging you, you have authority over the enemy. And the promise of, promise of God is nothing shall by any means hurt you. Everybody say, it's nothing shall by any means hurt me. Amen. Okay, now, I, I got a little bit more and then we're done. Actually, there's a lot more, but just for tonight. The word hurt comes from a word that means to strike a blow. To strike a blow. Hurt is defined as pain or injury in the Bible, it's either a physical, mental, or emotional wound, like we said. The 109th Psalm, rather, and the 22nd verse. I want to show you how it's described. David is writing, he says, For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. That's the kind of hurt we're talking about. Where your heart is literally wounded. Now, we're not talking about your physical heart. We talk, when the Bible talks about the heart of a man, it's talk, it's, uh, some people say it's talking about the spirit of a man. But if you were to, to read the scriptures carefully, what you'll find is it's not just talking about the heart of a man. It's talking about, it's talk, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, the spirit of a man. It's talking about the core of a man. It involves more than just your spirit. Really, it's your spirit and your soul. I call it the conference room, the place where your spirit, soul, and body converge. That's the heart of a man. 
And, and, and so what he's talking about, I am hurting to the core of who I am. I'm in pain on the inside through whatever happens. And it normally, um, that normally occurs through relationship breach. Now, let's talk about how hurt happens. Offense cannot happen where there is no expectation. Offense cannot happen where there is no expectation. When, you, when people hurt you, it's because they didn't do what you expected. And when you think about, when you think about it, in, uh, the more selfish you are, the more hurt you will be. Can I say it again? The more selfish you are, the more hurt you will be. What I learned through my experiences through studying the word of God is when I release my selfish expectations, the hurt lessens. I'm able to forgive people that I don't expect a whole lot from. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand that. When you read scripture, the people that love God always said, my expectation is of the Lord. Or it's from the Lord. In other words, I expect good to happen to me, but I don't expect you to do it. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Hart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786 and daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story featuring the lead single It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. I expect to be blessed, but I don't expect you to bless me. I, I expect to win, but I don't expect you to give me the victory. You got to, I expect to be loved, but I really don't expect you to love me unless God has moved in your heart. What I'm expecting is for God to keep his word. So you ready for this? There are a lot of believers who are hurt and they're not offended with folk. They're really offended with God. But they can't see him. So they're taking that on you. Be careful where you put your expectation. Don't expect people to be more than people. What did I just say? How, how many of you, how many of you, oh, I'm going to have you, you got, you got at least one flaw, at least one flaw. In, okay, okay. How many of you got, how many of you can honestly, I, Pastor, I got about five, maybe about five. Okay? We be honest, we be in a row, in a row. Ten. I got about ten flaws. Ten flaws. How many of you say, Pastor, I, I got about 20 flaws? Some of you start raising your hand. Okay, by 20 flaws. How many say, Pastor, I can't count my flaws? How many say, I, no, put your hand down, I want to be clear. How many say, I ain't got no flaws? 
Ok. Ele indo lá em Espírito Pentecostal. So, give me the New Living Translation. It says this. It says, read this out loud with me. Ready? Read. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is full of pain. Now, let me, let me share this with you. This is important. This is actually a Messianic Psalm. This is, a, this is actually the, the Holy Spirit speaking prophetically what Jesus would speak when he, came, when he came to the earth, while he was dealing with the cross issue. And here's what I want you to understand. That's very real. And if you don't deal with it, you can go day in and day out. You go to sleep with it and you wake up with it. And one of the main things that causes us pain is one, the way people treat us. Number two, the inability to overcome a personal fault. Number three, my life not turning out the way I had envisioned it. You got it? And for the people who love to be in control, the loss of control. And the list can go on and on of the things that make us hurt. Pastor, what do you do with hurt? You have to talk to Jesus. This is a head. I'm going to come back to it. But you have to talk to Jesus about it. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, I want to show you this. Um, Jesus is, is actually quoting. He's reading from the book of Isaiah. He has come back home to, to um, Nazareth, and he's in the uh, synagogue where he grew up, and he's, he's there. And I want to give you the picture of this. Many of you know this, but I want to show you the picture of it. In the, syn- in the synagogues, the local synagogues in, in, um, back in Jesus' day, it was set up pretty much like this. There was a platform, there were chairs where the people sat, but there was a chair that sat in the middle of the synagogue on the platform. And there were the chairs on either side. No one ever sat in that chair. That was a chair that was symbolically set aside for the Messiah. And all Israel was looking forward to the day Messiah would come. The, um, Jesus came home. He, was, he had become famous for the miracles he did in Capernaum. He comes home, and they know who he is, but it's his time to read. He's a visiting rabbi. So he gets up. To speak, he gets behind the podium that was set there, and the young minister brings him a scroll. Now, imagine the picture. Back the, the, the way the liturgy was, the liturgy is just church order. He would come up and stand behind the podium, and the young minister would come with a scroll, and he would open the scroll and stand with the scroll, and the, the speaker would not touch it. He'd just read from it. And so Jesus read from the scroll, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. For he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim uh, that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. Verse 19. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now that, that's the, the uh, New Living Tra- uh, Translation version. When Jesus got finished reading, the Bible says, now he didn't even finish it. Because after that he was supposed to say, uh, um, uh, uh, on the year of God's vengeance, or the time of God's vengeance. He never got to that part. Closed the book. And he went and sat in the chair that was set aside for the Messiah. And said, today, these scriptures are fulfilled in your hearing. And the church sat there like this. And here's the conversation in the pews. Ain't that Mary's son? Ain't the sisters and brothers with us? What are he talking about? Because <laughs> he was saying that he's the Messiah. But there's something that was mentioned that we didn't read here. Give me King James. Go back to verse 18. I want to show you something. Verse 18, King James. He said, you don't see this in the New Living Translation. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And the next uh, clause says, 
He has sent me to do what? Heal the broken hearted. When the Messiah came, he didn't come for God's system. Now I want you to understand this. He didn't come for religion. Religion wasn't in trouble. Matter of fact, when he came, he hated religion. Everything that's mentioned on that list, he came for the people that were in trouble. He came for God's people who are, who are living life limping. God's people were living life hurt. And everything on this list, gospel to, poverty was on the list. Can you imagine waking up every morning poor, not having enough, not having necessities, not being able to feed your kids? Take it. I'm not talking about in America, we say we poor, and a lot of times we're really not. I've seen poverty. I mean, I'm talking about this. it's unbelievable where people can live. It's amazing the, the level of squalor that human beings can tolerate. The stench is so bad that I, I, can't, I can't even stand at the earth, but they live there. And you can't be mad that you say, well, they're just nasty. No, that's all they got. I, see, I saw videos, uh, they're, they're trying to uh, access to, to support uh, wells being dug overseas, and they showed, me, they showed me videos of what people were drinking water from. I couldn't believe it. I said to myself, I'd never drink water from there. And here's what they said to me, you've never been that thirsty. So Jesus came, he came uh, to preach good news to the poor. What's good, what's good news to the poor? You don't have to be this way anymore. Uh, he, uh, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. There were people who literally were living life hurt. Their hearts were broken. Life had disappointed them. People had disappointed them. Things had went wrong. They never got over what they went through. Because you're through it don't mean you're over it. Because you're through it doesn't mean you're over it. And so I'm going to tell you this right now. He said, I came to preach deliverance to those who are captive. What's a captive? It's a person that's being held against their will. Here you are in a a situation that you you shouldn't be in. You're doing things you shouldn't be doing, but you don't know how to get yourself out of it. He says, I came to to those who are blind. They can't see what God has given them, what God has shown them. He said, I came to recover their sight. I came to set at liberty those that are bruised. I came, verse 19, he said, I came to preach the the acceptable year of the Lord. And here's what he he was talking about. Every Jew knew what he was talking about. He came to proclaim the jubilee. He came to, I came to, really, it's a time of God's open favor. I came to open the door to you and say, God is saying, if you rush in now, there's no price. Admission is free. That's why I came. He came for people who were hurt. Now, I'm going to tell you something. God will ask us to do things that doesn't sound right. God will say, for example, do you think that when God tells you to forgive people, you think he's telling you to let them off the hook? No, he's telling you to let you off the hook. When you forgive people, you let you off the hook. The way our minds work, I can't let them go. So you know what it's like? It's like this. It's like someone stabbed you with a knife, right? And the Lord wants to take it out, but you say, uh-uh. And you walking with the person, uh, the, the person stabbed you stab with the knife. Now you found down the road with a knife in you. The Lord said, no. He said, if you forgive them, watch this now. I'll take the knife out and there'll be little damage. You will hurt, but there'll be no damage. And then he, on top of that, as we said, he said, and I will give you a gift. I will give you a reward for doing what I told you to do. So instead of, instead of you being damaged over the, the, the stabbing that they gave to you, what's going to happen to you is you're going you're to be promoted because you did what I told you to do. So what Jesus 
practice doing something. Here's what he said. He said, Father, forgive them for they... I have evidence in Scripture that they knew exactly what they were doing. I, on purpose, went through the Scripture. And I looked at everything that Rome, Pilate, uh, Pontius Pilate, Herod, all of them. I looked at what they did, especially the soldiers. They did it on purpose. When they spat in his face, they did it on purpose. When they plucked his beard, they did it on purpose. When they, when they braided the crown of thorns and put it on, they did it on purpose. When they, when they led him to Golgotha's seal, everything that happened was on purpose. When they drove the nails in his hand, they did it on purpose. When they mocked him and said, if you're the Christ, come down, it was on purpose. But he said they don't know what they're doing. There's some power in that. You say, Father, you know what? Forgive them because they don't know what they were doing. In another way, today we say, Lord, let them go because they don't know who they were messing with. They don't understand how this works. That is a recipe for healing. Letting people go. You know what happens to us? Sometimes we hurt because we saw a seed of mercilessness. We're not merciful to people. You say, Pastor, they got to pay. They... People are going to pay for what they do. But you're not the one that's going to exact the punishment. Because you're in the courtroom does not mean you're a judge. And because you're a group of y'all does not mean you're in a jury. You may be defendants. You just may be defendants. A group of defendants sitting together. Talking about, well, we're on a jury. We decided a case. No, you didn't decide a case. You, you're on trial. And be careful how you judge folk because your trial ain't over yet. Okay, now this is interesting. So, so I got five minutes. Lord, I'm almost done. Five minutes. The first time the word hurt is mentioned in Scripture, and I think this is the last place I'm going to go tonight. Um, I'm going to bring something up. I probably have time to do that. The first time the word hurt was mentioned, it, it, it's interesting in Scripture. It's in the book of Genesis chapter 4, verse 23. The man's name is Lamech. Lamech is the second man in Scripture to ever murder someone. The first one, of course, was Cain. Lamech, his name means powerful. Lamech is rolling. Lamech got two wives. That's what the Bible says. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah. Matter of fact, go back up. Let me see. Go, go to verse 20. What does it say? I'm trying to get some history here. Because I want to show you who his family is. Go to verse 19. I, thought, I think it may have started in 17, but I'm, I'm going to try. Okay. And, and Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of one was Ada. The second one was Zillah. Now, this is imp- I'm going to tell you why Lamech is important. Because Lamech is the first person in Scripture whose family became creative. They were inventors. Now, switch to New Living Translation. Uh, Lamech married two women. The first was named Ada. The, the second was Zillah. Go to verse 20. It says, and Ada gave birth to Jabal, who was the first of those who, who raised livestock and live in tents. So he, had, so he started a culture, a fad. Verse 21. His brother's name was Jubal, the first of all who, pl- who played the harp and flute. He was the first musician. Lamech had it going on. Lamech's children were, were, were forward thinkers. Everybody was doing something the first time. Verse 22. Lamech's other wife, Zillah, gave birth to a son named Tubal Cain. He became an expert in forging tools of bronze and iron. Now, wait a minute. Give me King James because I want to show you what it says. It says, um, he was an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. He wasn't just an instructor. He, he, was, he was the instructor. 
When folk wanted to know how to work in brass and iron, they came to him. And, and, uh, and the Bible says, uh, and the, the sister of Tubal-Cain was uh, Naamah. Okay? Now look at verse 23. The Bible says, And Lamech said unto his wife, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, a young man to my what? Hurt. Notice what he, now it sounds weird, so we're going to read it from a different, different translation. But I want to show you this. He is saying, I killed a man. How many of you saw in the scripture, I killed a man? How many of you see that he said he was hurt? Okay. The King James, the way the King James used Elizabeth in English, English is confusing, so I want to show you what it really says. Give me a New Living Translation. One day Lemek said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, listen to me, you wives of Lemek. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm hurting now. And he said, what happens was I killed a man for hurting me. The first time the word hurt is mentioned in scripture, it shows a, it's a picture of this man, Lamech, the most powerful man out of his loins is coming creativity. Every th- everyone in his family is the first to do something. And it's the first time in the Bible where someone took revenge because somebody hurt them. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.